Welcome to the audio version of Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, the weekly live podcast covering everything Comic Con and all the surrounding fun and games in the world of pop culture. This is season four, episode forty-two, recorded on Sunday, the fourth of June, two thousand and seventeen. Only six and a bit weeks out from this year's big event. We're joined by Andy Bayback from the Marvel Report to talk about what we could realistically see at San Diego Comic Con from Marvel in terms of their big screen output, television, and streaming services, and especially in light of Disney's D23 Expo event taking place the weekend before. We're also joined by Ali Hanley from Geekscape.net to talk about Wonder Woman and what that film's success means for DC and Warner Brothers at SDCC. The Comic Con badge boxes, this week's exclusive reveals. And the week in television—it's a packed show. We wouldn't be able to do what we do with Talking Comic Con each week if it wasn't for our kind sponsors of our Patreon. Please follow and donate at patreon.com/englishmansdcc. Where's your hat? We had. You need to have the hat. Hat um, is in the car. Ooh, bear with me a second. Ice cream. I want ice cream. Can we have ice cream? <laughs> oh man, it's no. It's, it's it's freaking a lot of people out that we've got actual sun here in the UK. It's very very strange. Uh, but there we go. Right. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to Talking Comic Con. A cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leonard Sultana, and uh, we've got a packed show today, so we are going to dive straight in. But we have ourselves a couple of rather fine special guests joining me. Uh, as always, my partner in crime is Alyssa Franks from the Friends of Comic Con Forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm well. It again another week of, of relatively slowness after all the sales. Um, we are starting to get our badge review. Uh, review of the badge process uh, uh, article that we do traditionally every year where we've compared uh, about 250 different data points that were voluntarily submitted to us. Um, hopefully this article will be ready to go uh, later on, either this week or the beginning of next. Um, Mark Comic-Con Dad has been doing a fabulous job putting it together. It's really coming, but I'd like to see if we can get some input from CCI. So that's where... <laughs> Moving forward, uh, you know, as you said earlier, 45 days. Well, yes, indeed. Uh, let's um, just remind ourselves it is indeed 45 days to San Diego Comic-Con. It is getting closer and closer and closer, and I am nowhere near ready. It's just ridiculous how ill-prepared I am for this year's show. It's just r- remarkable. Uh, but um, hopefully you're doing better. Hopefully you're getting all um, packed and ready to go. Um, and hopefully you're going to be heading towards... California a little bit earlier as well, because, of course, there's D23 happening the weekend before, which we are going to talk about shortly, um, especially when it comes to its impact to uh, to San Diego Comic-Con, with Mr. Andy Bayback. Hello, Andy. Hello. How y'all doing today? You've been a busy boy this week, haven't you? What did I do this you've been, uh You've been podcasting all over the place. I saw you on that other show. Oh yeah, that other show that that is also that is also another great show. Uh, I uh, man, I forgot I forgot what I've been doing this week. I don't even know if I had breakfast today. Like that's how it got like terrible I've been I've been becoming at this point. Fair enough. Well, I mean, it, this is what happens when you are the uh, the uh, the media mogul that you are. So I appreciate. 
that's I appreciate that too. Leonard, enough, how busy you can get. Enough with the butt kissing. Like I, I'm not that good. I'm not that great. I'm average at most. Uh, media mogul. That's what do you want from me? You are, you are aware me, that I'm going to get everyone to call you a media mogul. Tell me what you really want. Like, what is it you want from me? You want something. You're 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 giving all, all like all your Brits with your amazing compliments and your accentness, and it's like you you want something from me. You can ask anyone and everyone. I'm all about giving. I'm not about taking. Um, <laughs> all but, right. Uh, okay, we'll we'll change the subject real quick on that one. But we'll come back to you on that. Uh, we also have someone who's disappearing from her chair there for a second. <laughs> she thought she could escape from us. The craftiness of the woman. Uh, we have Ali Hanley from uh, Geekscape.net. Hello, Ali. How are you? Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to have you back on. I am enjoying the stormy weather here in Austin, Texas. I know that you've got sun. I've got thunderclouds and lightning. Well, you see, what we've just done is uh, we've decided that you've had enough uh, warm weather and it's our turn for a change. So that's pretty Let's much we, we had that deal and we, we're, we're cashing that card in. Maybe, maybe the Texas winner is deciding that someone needs to become the fast man alive by, you know, like getting hit by like okay maybe that's not a good joke but yeah <laughs> I, I, got I, it. I think my grave way halfway halfway through there so and aren't you crossing uh you know isn't that dc aren't you the marvel guy no i'm the D, i'm the dc and marvel guy so it's like i I'm okay allowed, i i, I, I confirmed with the studios i'm allowed to promote this. let me re- remind you and repeat again Mogul. Okay, so there we go. Excellent stuff. Uh, multiple brands. Indeed, uh, you've got um, a lot of stuff that you've been interested in this week, and we'll just dive straight in. Um, we're going to talk about first Marvel and about how their um, recent uh, revelations, certainly when it comes to D23, uh, could affect what they could be bringing to San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, first and foremost, uh, about a couple of months ago, we had Kevin Feige announcing that they will be representing at San Diego this year, which got a lot of people excited, obviously. Um, but uh, this week, we also, well, we, about uh, three weeks ago, we also had uh, the revelations about the live action panel that we're going to be seeing at D23 on the Saturday in the main hall. And then this week, we also had uh, the announcement from uh, Disney Studio that they're going to be bringing a whole bunch of games platforms. They're going to be bringing a bunch of the animation stuff which means we could be seeing uh, some of the first footage from uh, the new Spider-Man cartoon that's due. Uh, And also, we're going to be getting um, some presentations on Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther. At which point, then, we then turn to Andy and say, basically, what you're thinking we could be seeing at San Diego this year. Could, in fact, we be seeing stuff beyond Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok and further into Phase 3 and announcements for Phase 4? In other words, could we also be seeing stuff about Captain Marvel? What's what's the kind of thinking so far amongst you and the the rest of the Marvel report? I I think that we will at least get Infinity War in some capacity at the Comic Con because this okay, let's see, Infinity War comes out in May next year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that you know this would be the last time to promote anything with Infinity War. So if they don't do anything at D twenty three, I I I thought at least Infinity War will be there somehow, maybe the first like. Not like a, like a full-on trailer, but like kind of like an Avengers 1 trailer where, you know, Sam Jack is being Sam Jackson and, you know, we see the A logo and whatnot. So I I think something with Captain Marvel would be would be co- cool. Like, I mean, I, I don't expect a lot of footage from some of these films because 
I think that's the, I think that's what's gotten a lot of people curious about what they could actually bring because we we've had the Black Panther represented uh, last year. We had uh, Thor. We're, well, we're having all this Thor Ragnarok stuff that's coming through. Admittedly, it's getting closer to that film's release. And like you say, Infinity War has been shooting for a while, and they could be bringing some stuff of that. But I'm just curious, just how big an impact they can make this year. Yeah, because D23 and Senecon are so close to one another, it's... I, I don't want to get my hopes up too high, because I'm like, you know, I don't want to say, like, you know, oh, they're going to bring, uh, you know, Infinity War, Captain Marvel, and, uh, like, Adam and the Wasp, and so on. But at the same time, I'm like, well, the, it's like it's like with CinemaCon. Like, you know, that was, like, just literally three days before WonderCon. They had an entire DC panel at WonderCon, but they didn't announce anything. It was kind of just, like, a repeat. So that's why I'm trying to keep my expectations low, um... Like, it's so funny because when it comes to Marvel, I'm more interested in the Marvel TV stuff than with the films. So I'm like, you know... Well, don't worry, we're going to get to that as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but like, I, um, um, I mean, I expect there to be at least trailers for something. Like, maybe, like, like maybe at D23 we get trailers, trailers, and then at Samuel Conga we get teaser trailers, uh, which, you know, is, you know, it's unconventional how to do that, but, you know... I think that if the go if if Kafaga is going oh yeah we should go to Comic Con we're gonna go to Comic Con then they need to bring something something special for those uh, attend attendees as opposed to just you know giving everything to D twenty three um again I don't know why they put D twenty three so close to Comic Con it's kind of like like I mean it's like putting the TCAs right after Comic Con for all the TV reporters but um yeah I I expect it to be at least Something that will satisfy satisfy fans enough, but not be too much uh, without stepping on the toes of D23. I think also the the fact that D23 is very much a, a Disney-focused uh, thing. I mean, admittedly, they, they've announced that Marvel are going to be seriously uh, representing at the show. But I think it's more about the the Disney side of the uh, the properties at D23. But I think it's the fact that they have announced that they're going to be representing so heavily at the uh, the show before San Diego. Um, I mean, Kevin Feige has always turned around and uh, said that his love for San Diego is incredibly strong, ever since that first Iron Man panel, which set the stall out for Marvel Studios. Um, he's always said that the fandom coming to San Diego Comic-Con, it's where they can really get the pulse of what's going on, and I think that's why they do give back. Last year's panel was so strong. Uh, that, I mean, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is the fact that they did pretty much partner up with Sony for that panel last year. Do you think that's going to happen again, and um, is, could we expect anything from that partnership? No, not really, because Homecoming will just come out by that point, because it comes out in July 7th. So yeah, I don't, I mean, it would be cool if they did like, you know, like, you know, oh, guess what? Here's what we're doing for Spider-Man Homecoming 2, uh, because that, that has already been Greenland. It's already been given a release date. Um, it would be cool if they did something for that animated Miles Morales Spider-Man film, um, because they do have, do, they found their leading actor. But again, I, Sony and Marvel are such interesting partners because like, Sony like really likes to give away so much <laughs> in their Spider-Man trailers. So like, I kind of almost like, Okay, I've already seen most of the film now in these trailers. So, like, I always wonder when it comes to the marketing uh, for Sony in terms of, like, Comic-Con, because they've never really been too impressed by their marketing from Sony. So, like, I, you know, hopefully they, do, they can do something that doesn't give away too much, because, I like, I actually like to be surprised. But I, I don't expect anything from Sony, unless they really have something ready for Venom and 
silver and black. Uh, but that's not really partnered with Marvel, so I'm sorry, I'm 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 going off topic. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what Sony could what Sony could bring with Marvel this year. Okay. I mean, I totally agree about their marketing. I mean, uh, yeah, they do seem to give away so much in their trailers. And their posters are crap. Um, oh, my God. But... Can we talk about the poster for a second? It's, I hate it. I want to I I buy all of them that exist in the world, and then I want to burn them up one by one. I'm like, really? This, this is how you market a Spider-Man movie? Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man. It's like, no. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. It's 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 proven rather. Yeah, I mean, what's been said on the forum so far in terms of um, our expectation, uh, Alyssa? Has there been much chatter about what Marvel could bring? Um, yeah, a little bit, but not so much. I mean, a lot of people are are kind of constant focusing on D twenty three because the idea is that. Uh, that a lot of since it is owned by Marvel is owned by Disney that they're not going to steal their own thunder by uh, putting a lot of stuff at San Diego. So I mean we don't really know yet what's going to happen, but that's that's the general feeling um, is that that it, we're prim- primarily going to see the um, see it at D twenty three. I the one that I'm personally interested in is Netflix Defender uh, Defenders at the end of the summer. That's you know that when I saw that pop onto the schedule, I was like, oh. That now having Netflix at um, at uh, San Diego Comic Con do do a panel with some of the defenders there that would be really cool and I think it's appropriate because it's not so much Disney D twenty three I mean yes it is still a Marvel product but it's it's more Netflix and it's, television it's a, it's a different partnership isn't it Yeah well it, at least it feels that way if it isn't in fact so yeah. that's. That's the one I'm hoping for. Andy, do you have any thoughts on that one? Oh, yeah. I I mean, I'll be pissed, <laughs> I'll be pissed if Defenders is to go to Comic-Con because I'm like, no. Don't like, because I feel like they've done more things for the Defenders shows on New York Comic-Con than San Diego. Like, last year, I felt like they really rushed things with uh, some of the Netflix stuff on, uh, at Comic-Con. Like, Luke Cage had a panel, but that got, you know, crashed by Punisher, and I think they did something quickly with Defenders, <clears throat> and I'm like, you know, give a brother his own time for for a for a sec. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope that there is a straight on defenders panel, and um, and that they drop one sec one a sec, one second final trailer uh, because right the next month we will get defenders mm-hmm. on on Friday August eighteenth. So I think they'll also need to push defenders a bit, if anything, to kind of battle some of the negative press of the one character that has. Not stuck the landing, which was uh, Iron Fist. You should, who, um, who should have been named? <laughs> he said you won the one. It was just yeah. The, I think there's all the rest of them did really well. Yeah, and yeah. it would have just everyone would have just been really excited for Defenders if it wasn't for Iron Fist. It's now kind of turned into the man. Of, no, sorry, the Suicide Squad of the uh, the 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 lineup for. Okay, uh, that, that, that's Defenders. me. That's me. <laughs> I, I love Suicide Squad. So like, no, none of that's like. Oh God, that's that's, that's a whole that's a whole other podcast where we can just turn around and say, okay, why do you like Suicide Squad? But we're not even going to go there. Let's not even touch that third rail. Um, Ali, what would you expect when it comes to the television representation? Not just the Netflix stuff as well, because like you, um, Andy touched on there, there's been lots of other 
kind of uh, combinations that they're going to be bringing. For example, uh, the X-Men um, arm of the uh, the Marvel Universe, uh, and also with uh, Silver and Black as well. I mean, do you think, that, just how far can Marvel go to stretch out with all the panels that they could do this year? Well, you were talking about Netflix, and I wouldn't be surprised if they brought a lot of everything they've got. They don't have the same platform that Marvel and Disney has, and San Diego Comic-Con is the perfect platform for them. I'd like to see something uh, that's about the new Dark Crystal series. I know that's going a little off topic, but that's something that I'm really looking forward to if it happens. Uh, we kind of discussed this before, uh, well, last year when we talked about Netflix representing at, uh, at uh, San Diego, and it, it's very much about their marketing budget because they really do throw every penny that they kind of get off their subscribers on the actual shows themselves and just let the platform kind of monetize itself, as it were. They don't have a massive amount of uh, budget when it comes to full-blown marketing, including appearing at conventions, which is why when we have had uh, Netflix appearing at San Diego, it's been for the Marvel stuff where it's also Marvel footing the bill and bringing the talent, as it were. Uh, Okay, I think there's a lot of differences. There's a lot that's going to happen from Netflix. The difference between last year and this year from a press standpoint is I'm getting a lot more marketing from them and, you know, via email and they spent a huge amount of money the most of any any company to buy uh, programs from different film festivals and different ideas. They, they're spending money like no one else. So let's see what they do. Uh, the, well, the budget, the budget, I think, may have uh, certainly uh, increased over the last couple of years just purely because of the amount of quality content they're bringing. You're absolutely right. That's cool. Okay, so, I mean, let's go back to Marvel then and talk about uh, the one thing that hasn't been mentioned so far, which is Inhumans, uh, which uh, I, a lot of people are excited about, uh, including myself. Uh, we've got somebody on the uh, the chat room, uh, KV Warrior, locked your reveal. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? If we had on the Marvel booth a full-size locked jaw, that oh would God, be just die. awesome. I will die. That would just be awesome. Um, what can you expect? I mean, when does um, Inhumans come out? I'm trying to Late remember. Late September on Friday night at night, 8 Central on ABC. Okay, and obviously we've got uh, all the footage that's currently being uh, run through. I think they've, they've just wrapped up shooting, if I'm correct. They're filming the finale this week, I believe, in Hawaii, and then yeah. done. Um, so yeah, so they're, 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 they're very close to being done. So they could be, they could represent um, Inhumans. Uh, because it's one element of the Marvel Universe that they they had in their hands when it came to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now they've taken it out of the hands of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. always seems to be the unlucky bedfellows when it comes to uh, Marvel. I don't know. I feel like Mar- Marvel and S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten to do a lot of cool things in the last few years. I mean, I feel we have the Inhumans aspect, we have the Ghost Rider aspect, we have the LMD aspect and everything. So I... I feel like Sheila has been getting luckier and luckier for, with the kind of material they're able to get a hold of in terms of the like, characters and aspects of the Marvel Universe. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think they really, I, they've never really lost Inhumans. Inhumans are still there. Um, you know, the Inhumans was still a large part in uh, the season of Shield. But I think if you're talking more about Black Bolt and the Royal Family, yeah, that's maybe one thing that they, they 
never had and could never do and so on. Uh, but, you know, it's all the same universe, so you never know. <laughs> so it's all, we see, uh, it's all connected. Hashtag. <laughs> um, so Great could mind. we see an Inhumans panel? Could we see something on an off-site, perhaps? What, what do you think? I think a panel will absolutely happen. Uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they're not bringing Inhumans to D23 because, because IMAX is, you know, Whatnot, you know, the first two episodes will be shown in IMAX theaters in the fir- you know first two weeks of September. I was kind of surprised, like they're not bringing Inhumans be- to D twenty three, even though I mean it's a TV show, but it's like, I mean, it's getting a movie marketing basically, if you think about it. Uh, but yeah, I think a panel will absolutely happen. I do not expect the pilot to be screened there because they're waiting exclusively for the IMAX theaters to show the first two episodes. But I do think a full fledged like two minute trailer will be will be released and shown. Um, so, yeah, I think, and, and a panel, I mean, offside, I mean, I mean, that whole thing about Lockjaw, the Marvel booth, I mean, like, let her be careful what you're saying now, because if Marvel does that, uh, and I see the Lockjaw, I, I may have to steal it. Uh, I mean, buy it, or legally get it. Yeah, this is where you now recruit me to try and nick the Lockjaw off a stand with you. Good grief. I'm yeah. just, I'm getting roped into all sorts of stuff here. Um, I've, let's go through a couple of the uh, the Q and A comments. Uh, Graham Small, we must have Marvel Netflix at either D twenty three or Comic Con. Uh, Luke Cage panel was amazing last year. Uh, Michael P defenders with lots of exclamation points. Um, Graham Small, Punisher turning up at Luke Cage panel with last year was brilliant. Uh, KV Warrior uh, Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Thank you very much. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. All, all right. Can you say about right. any of the Marvel films, Leonard? Sorry. Do you say that about any of the Marvel films being Academy Award winning? Yeah, I, I give exactly. the, I give exactly. I give every film the um, grief that it deserves or the praise that it deserves. Uh, Ant Man was okay. Um, Doctor Strange outside of the Mystic Realm stuff was all right. Um, there we go. Uh, I'd say the the Doctor Strange plot was as Tenuous as the uh, Suicide Squad plot. There we go. That's as. But at least least that trade was an Academy Award winning (laughs) TDS. Well, yes. Absolutely. Um, What else? Um, Aaron Neighbors. Lenny could do a Lockjaw cosplay. What are you trying to say, dude? What are you trying to say? Oh, my. Man, okay. (laughs) Fair can, you ban, can you ban people in the chat? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't ban. Don't ban. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see about what else we can talk about. Certainly when it comes to Marvel. Um, is there anything else that you can expect? Because uh, people do kind of focus on Marvel Studios, Marvel Netflix, and Marvel Television. Is there anything else? I mean, it's like you did say there, the uh, the Marvel Animation arm of, uh, of the, the company. Uh, we've got one which has been announced, which is uh, Spider-Man. Uh, is there anything else that uh, we could uh, possibly see at San Diego Comic Con from animation? Mm. Uh, I don't. Okay, so that, that that's one area that I don't keep up a lot of track on. Like, I, I I mean, I've been following the new Marvel Spider-Man show because they did release the first scene this week, and the animation looks. I mean, it, it looks, looks like every yeah. Yeah, it it doesn't. I mean, it looks. <clears throat> it looks a little bit lazy. <laughs> I'm sorry, not sorry, but it looks lazy. Um, 
But yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they might bring maybe something for Guardians of the Galaxy season three or four. Maybe something with Avengers Assemble. But I don't know. I, I don't really. I don't keep a good track on the Marvel animation just because I, to be quite honest, I, I don't really like them that much. But you know, they're not supposed to be for me. They're supposed to be for kids, I guess. So yeah, I guess we can't have everything. We have to give something to the kids. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand this logic that you're trying to. Uh, force on me it's just yeah fair enough it's not logic <laughs> um, so let's see what else we can talk about is there anything else that we can continue to speculate when it comes to uh, uh, Comic Con you talk about uh, the the IMAX uh, presentation is it is Inhumans big enough to warrant a IMAX screening like we had for Star Trek well I mean Apparently it is because it's already, you know, it's getting an IMAX screening, you know, for two weeks in the, starting in September, apparently across the, the whole globe, I think. Um, I, I, it's an interesting, interesting decision they may decide to go there because I wonder if, because they keep saying, oh, the Inhumans movie isn't cancelled and this is not a spin-off or shield, you know, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, it's interesting that, you know, well, you're giving this a very movie marketing treatment. So, like, what are you... Tr- I mean, they're they're clearly testing something with Inhuman and in terms of IMAX. Um, and, and, I, and as someone that got to see the trailer at um, the ABC Upfront uh, live stream, I mean, it, uh, it looks pretty damn good for a Marvel TV show. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, it seems to be warranted um, IMAX screening. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering if we're going to be getting an actual full-blown episode or if we're just going to get the sizzle reel that you uh, saw at the upfront. Yeah, yeah, no, probably just like a two-minute sizzle reel uh, for Comic-Con at least. Um, uh, I, don't, I would, I mean, look, otherwise, I mean, I'm just good with staring at black balls, you know, at the panel for like, uh, you know, 30 minutes because, you know, I mean, look, the man is hot, okay? Like, <laughs> like he makes sex, he looks, silence looks sexy, okay? Well, silence is sexy, uh, which is why I just, well, keep talk- which is why I keep talking and talking and talking. Um, <laughs> that's, there you go. Um, okay, excellent stuff. Um, like I say, with the uh, comments on the Q and A Q and A section, do jump in. Um, Kitty Gunn has asked, "Do you think they will have anything for Captain Marvel?" We kind of touched on that. Uh, it may just be a little bit too early because uh, I'm not entirely sure when Captain Marvel actually starts shooting. January, I think that that was a report. Yeah, yeah we're we're, uh, we're so far out from that. An actress, that, an actress announcement can happen though. Like maybe like here's the villain, or here's you know someone that will reprise their role from any other Marvel film. Yeah, I think it's just that's kind of where we're all getting um, curious about what they can actually bring, considering this stuff is so far out the gap between um, Black Panther and everything else. It's just so far, and like you say, Infinity War is in there, but uh, it's about what we could actually see at uh, Comic-Con. And like I say, when he says we're going to represent at uh, San Diego, what they're going to bring is, uh, I think that's what I want to try and touch on. So there we go. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Andy. Of course, um, you can stick around because uh, we're going to talk at um, DC and yeah. Warner Brothers now. Uh, because uh, <laughs> I'm not go going to... anywhere. <laughs> let's go. oh, fair enough. Let's go to the other side of the aisle then. Uh, let's go to um, uh, DC, who have had one hell of a week. Um, obviously, Wonder Woman came out this week, and we are looking at a $100 million opening weekend. And um, I went to see the midnight screening, and I've got my thoughts. Um, I know, Alyssa, you said that you were going to try and see it before this I did show. 
I did see it. see it as well, excellent stuff. So we will, uh, we'll share our um, spoiler-free uh, thoughts. But uh, this is where we turn to Ali uh, for her thoughts on Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm guessing you've seen it. Yeah, I got to see an early screening of it. And, uh, you see, I've this is needs to show off now. <laughs> hey, I had to work hard to get to that level. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I saw Wonder Woman and I, I, I gave it four out of five. It's not a perfect film, but it's definitely the best thing I've seen from DC in a long time. Um, Excellent stuff. And that's the, the what was what was the pro, okay. So what were the pros for the uh, the film for you? Well, the before, we, pro before we hit Patty, the cons. <laughs> well, it, Patty Jenkins is a director. He captured the. There's this really fine line that you have to walk between showing Wonder Woman as being a woman and being feminine, yet still exuding her power. If that makes sense. So Patty Jenkins did a wonderful job walking that fine line. And I think everybody who's seen it didn't see Wonder Woman as being a farce. She was definitely um, full of Superman when it was all said and done. And she could go, you know, toe to toe with him. Not that that'll happen, but, you know, she's, she's definitely one of the strongest characters in the DC universe. And, you know, and she happens to be female, so that's really nice. I think what I liked about it was that there was no snark involved. There was no snippiness. There was no kind of irony. It was very much wearing its heart on its sleeve uh, that Diana, uh, well, Wonder Woman, which I noticed Wonder Woman was not meant, the name Wonder Woman wasn't said throughout the entire film. It's Diana of Thomasera. Um, that she is so um, optimistic and that she is... I mean, I think it's said a lot when it's uh, there's a scene in the film where uh, she is told that she's uh, she can't d- possibly do this thing that she wants to do. At which point she says, "No, I want to do this, and this is what I'm destined to do." And she goes ahead and does it, uh, and that she isn't driven by any kind of secondary motive. It's all there on the sleeve that she's there fighting for us and fighting for mankind, uh, which was really. I think that's, for me, the thing that's been missing so far. There's been this sense that you can't quite nail down exactly what the DC heroes are motivated by um, and the stuff that they are motivated by. Uh, Certainly, say, for example, um, the Batman, um, the the Ben Affleck Batman. Uh, It's just a case of, well, why are you carrying on doing what you're doing? But with... um, um, Diana, it's there on screen. It, she's very much uh, um, sort of like wearing her heart on her sleeve, and I think that was really inspiring. But, but that may be because it was an origin film. Because if you think about it, Superman and Batman are both these heroes that had this ideology, and it's been tested. And they, Superman's been pretty steadfast in his ideology, but Batman's been tested. Maybe in Justice League, we might see a side of of Diana where she is a little bit fickle. Uh, the Justice League trailer, you can't tell anything that's going on in that thing, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yes, that's the entire opposite of the Sony marketing, uh, that uh, instead of seeing everything that uh, uh, from the Justice League trailer, we're still not entirely sure what's uh, coming. Um, Andy, uh, have you seen Wonder Woman? 
I I actually want to. Know why I went uh, on late late Thursday night to see it uh, with me me and my three of my male friends, and uh, you know and I was surprised because I they're not necessarily big comic book fans, or whatever. But like they all came out like you know, oh my god, and I I get why you love these films so much now. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely loved it. I I as I, I said on Twitter, I smiled, I I cried, I shared. I lived. I Wonder Woman over all of it. Um, <laughs> I um. I, I. It was. I mean, even though I feel like the wait for Wonder Woman film should have been this long, boy, was it still worth it though? Because I I went into the theater and it was n- there was nothing I really had an issue with. Like the only thing I wanted more of was uh, at the candy uh, because she's awesome. Um, so that was like my only like you know hmm, we could have had more of her, but like I feel like. You know, I got I was you know I got to meet Patty Jenkins back in February in London. Um, you know, to for an anime visit, and like when talking to her and so on, and, you know, hearing her passion and you know her dedication to this film and this, you know, which she's been trying to get this film made for almost fourteen years. I mean, she's been tra- talking to Warner Bros. since two thousand and three about maybe directing a Wonder Woman movie, and then you know, there's been conversation after conversation after conversation. So like, I'm you know, I I could not have seen anyone else better fit for this job than than Patty. Um, and it was, you know, in Galgo, I mean, she's, I can watch a woman for hours doing anything. Like, I could, I could watch one woman just, like, read, um, a phone book or whatever, and it would still be badass, um, because she's just, you know, she is Wonder Woman, and, you know, and, I, and I've been, you know, I've been a fan of the DCEU films so far, but I think Wonder Woman is definitely my biggest favorite since Man of Steel. I, when, one of the things, Andy, that I really enjoyed was the um, the training sequence in yes. the in the beginning of the film. It uh, and, and I kind of wanted to get your a guy's perspective from this because I really enjoyed seeing um, obviously well done female stunt people doing uh, doing all of this, especially the horse work they were doing. Um, not to get spoilery. So I'm keeping the ban hammer nice and close. I, I'm keeping an eye on all of you. But, but don't worry, you're doing you're okay so far. I mean that that to my mind seemed to to really establish that it was um, a separate and different culture than uh, you know the traditional superhero movies. Um, and and I was kind of wondering, did was that believable to you guys? Oh yes, I I mean I was I was like Diana, like you know, and, you know we've seen it in the trailer, so it's not a big spoiler, but like in the, yeah. in the trailer, the little Diana, like she is, you can see her fighting, and like she's practicing with like you know behind <laughs> the Amazon. That was me because I'm like you know I want to fight like that. I want to <laughs> be so quick. Like like my friends didn't see me, but like I kept going like underneath my seat, like you know, you know, like I kept going this like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, the fight scenes I was—they were so—they ref- they were so fresh. It felt like a very mm-hmm. new style to fighting in uh, superhero movies. And I, you know, it, I, I mean, I could have watched it for hours, and it was just so empowering to see so many women of you know, and of, of all colors, you know, fighting together, training together, and being—I mean, I would—I would feel safe, more safe in the world if we had the Amazon. <laughs> Well, and the flip side was because uh, the the film. I mean, from a a, a women's perspective, the film, portray- as as you said, Leonard, the film portrays uh, Diana as um, with no Stark and wearing her heart snarky and wearing her heart on her sleeve. Um, and it she's very clear as Superman is, and and in the DC universe. But that's 
that kind of plays into a little bit of a stereotype of women being a little simpler. And, you know, and I, I, that kind of bothered me, but maybe I'm hypersensitive to it and I very well could be. And I'm interested in hearing, uh, you know, what people think, uh, on the Q and A, uh, who saw it also. Um, so that was one of my, my thoughts, uh, that it was, I could have used a little bit more, um, uh, you know, a little bit more insight from Diana into some of the things that happened were happening around her. Um, well, the interesting about on, are you talking, talking about on Themyscira or throughout the film generally? Um, well, maybe throughout the film generally, you know, just because it it, it was such as you said, it was such a an origin film, or I forget somebody said it was such an origin film. Um, it, it it almost it had the same kind of feeling as Captain America, the first Captain America movie, which was the origin film of somebody who was very um, uh, innocent it, it, and um, had had very strong beliefs of right and wrong, as does Wonder Woman, as Diana Prince does. Um, and it, and they both took place in, in World War II. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting also. I thought, I thought Wonder Woman was put in World War I. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My apologies. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. But it, they both had that, you know, that, that strong definition of right and wrong in a world uh, war situation where you had to, uh, you had to, to follow through on your gut instincts. And I, I'm just, you know, I, I think that this, the Steve Trevor character balanced out with Wonder Woman quite well with the um, the insight into what was happening. I enjoyed that interplay between them of him trying to explain to her what was happening, what was really happening. I could have actually done with a little bit more of that, actually. I thought there was this, sec- these, there's a section in, in London, which uh, there was this kind of uh, him explaining the ways of uh, the world outside of the, the island. And uh yeah, I could have done with a bit more of that. I, I was really, I really enjoyed the, the the London sections. But then again, I could have jo- enjoyed a lot of more of it. I mean, I could have quite happily watched two and a half hours on Themyscira because I just loved that whole section. I mean, yes, I Gal Gadot is a very pleasant, pleasant <laughs> lady to look at. But I could have had She's several hours. Gorgeous. You can say that. <laughs> Okay. That's not sexist. But I could have had, so I, 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 I could have had several hours of the little girl playing uh, Diana. She was just awesome. She's just brilliant. Um, at which point uh, we've got a couple of comments on the uh, the chat room, which talk about uh, the film. Um, Andrew Dickinson has made a couple of comments, and he is saying that he feels that perhaps the the film did follow a little bit too much the Captain America. Uh, template uh, in terms of the way that the film was constructed. Um, Graham Small, the No Man's Land scenes were so very good. Oh. Yes, 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 they certainly were. Actually, I, I don't think the No Man's Land scene is actually talked enough uh, so far um, because um, actually, no, I think we could be straying a little bit too close to spoilers there, so I'll leave alone. But I will say, no, I agree that the, the scenes were uh, excellent. Um, 
I'm seeing a, a couple of uh, comments coming in which basically have the word but in there. Uh, Andrew Dickinson, still very good, but 24 la- hours later can still pick it apart. Super Katchik, I loved one, Wonder Woman, but felt she was being driven by men the whole movie in her enemy and her boyfriend, and that made her sad. I do, uh, agree, I do agree, but in, certainly with the enemy, um, there is, yeah, there's a re- I think it's not so much uh, a human element that uh, it kind of takes the, the idea of the gender away, perhaps. I don't agree with that comment, necessarily that that, that, per- that viewer made, because I, I don't think she was driven by men, but I think she, I mean, yeah, she was supported by men, but, you know, but she, you know, she, I mean, she could take care of herself or whatever, but she, I think they were just her guides into, you know, this world and this aspect of, of London, you know, that was in this, you know, poor shape. So, and I, and I, I, like, I don't know, like, I've, I don't see what the, what the harm was there. So, um, yeah. like she, I don't, I would not say she was driven by men. I think she was supported by men. And guys, I mean, that's okay. Men support women. Women support men. It's fine. It happens. No, it it is. And and I have to defend Superkatchik there just uh, just a little bit, just because there is there's something that I can't quite nail. I can't quite pinpoint um, that that I find just a little grating about her character. And I, I appreciate the movie. I, I really enjoy the movie. I love the Wonder Woman character. Don't get me wrong. But I, and I think it has to do with the naivete of the way her character is written uh, that, that just kind of bugs me as a strong woman. Uh, but you know, that doesn't take away from all of the accomplishments of the movie because the movie is great. Um, there's just a little something that's a, a little off there. Um, and I would love to hear, I'm going to be doing a, a bunch of reading to try and figure that, figure out what it is because I'm sure that there are other uh, reviews out there that would go into this in a little more detail. Well, and I could answer I, that really well, easily for you. <laughs> could, go for it. The story takes place in 1914, you know, around then. So you have to think about, well, how were women viewed? And I think that's why I like the movie so much is it captures how women were viewed and how they were, how they fit into society. It wasn't World War II where they were picking up hammers and building ships and whatever. They were behind the scenes. And so it had to have that naivety to to work, and that's part of the mm-hmm. the charm of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree with you. I I felt the same. It felt very realistic in how to portray, you know, like it. You know, it takes place in a superhero story, but at the same time, it's like this is what it looked like back then. Yeah. Um, let's see what other comments have come in. Um, bu- 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 Michael P. She wasn't simple. She was honest. We've forgotten what it's like to meet someone who is honest. Andre White. Uh, wow. A lot of people absolutely loved Wonder Woman. It didn't resonate that much with me. It was good. Don't get me wrong. It just didn't read the greatness that, uh, to me, a lot of people are feeling. Uh, Andre, if you could um, put in your comments... Um, the kind of film that has really landed for you, uh, certainly in the, the recent Marvel and DC uh, genres. If you could just give us a sense of where your take on uh, the, the films uh, would be. Uh, Sarita P, she was driven to accomplish a mission. Uh, unfortunately, men are involved in it for a bad reason. 
Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, like, oh, this, is where, this is where myself and this is where myself and uh, Andy, uh, me and Andy, get our coats. Men are bad. We're we're garbage. We should not exist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is another thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know when this was announced. I only spotted this uh, this afternoon, and uh, I missed it. Uh, Wonder Woman has been banned in Lebanon as she's the leading role in X Army, uh, which just absolutely baffled me. Um, so yeah, there we go. Um, I personally felt that the film was um, incredibly well done. I think there is some sections in the middle where it just felt um, a little slow, but at the end of the day, you need that to kind of provide some kind of respite. If you just go hammer and tongs throughout the entire film, you're just going to get completely burnt out, whereas this just allowed the film to breathe and the characters to breathe. A couple of the characters, certainly when it came to the team that um, Steve Trevor puts together, did feel a little forced in there in that, we, okay, we just have to have a team together to round out the cast, and we didn't really get a full drawn cast in that regard, but um, I felt that um, Steve Trevor was very well done by Chris Pine. I thought Gal Gadot was um, the most impressive I expected her to be, considering I have seen her in other films, and while she's been good, she hasn't been this good. She was definitely driven by the uh, the material that she had but for myself the um the most valued player the mvp of the entire film was the cinematographer every single frame of this film looks stunning you could frame so many sequences and just take them out blow them up and stick them on your wall it looks gorgeous um excellent score um like i say it really does come together as a very good film for myself um, it works as a fusion between Superman 77 and Captain America, the first Avenger. It has very much that Richard Donner vibe uh, throughout the, the entire film, which, I, frankly, as a Richard Donner fan, I have no problem with. Um, I, gave, I gave it a strong eight, nine, nine mm-hmm. like a week nine. I, I felt that there was some bits in there which maybe didn't quite gel together but um generally as a film it's definitely worth the watch and if anything um the main reason why i was really blown away by the film is that unlike most or some of the superhero films we've seen so far i actually came out pumped up and invigorated and um yeah uh, very much uh, i felt empowered <laughs> um, so there we go. I don't. I don't know if I'm allowed to use that word, but I, I did. We are. No, well, we are. I. I mean, I came. I mean, look. I. You know, love, I love comic. I love superheroes, but like, I am sort of strong. You know, um, you know, uh, vo- vocal force for you know for for female characters and like a, you know, you know whether it's like someone like Wonder Woman or Black Canary or you know Supergirl or if it's like you know Captain Marvel or whatever. Like, I'm all behind it. If you can do it well, like I. I mean, look. I, I get inspired. I can. I will say that I get inspired more by female heroes on screen than I do by male heroes. Um, you know, with you know, that's just the way I am. So yeah, I think the line of the fact that you know that that you know men like you and me and who else, who knows who else, uh, could come out of this film feeling empowered. I think that's you know, that's the thing. Wonder Woman is for everyone. Superman is for everyone. Captain. I mean, that's the thing that I. The, the, if there's one thing I have not enjoyed with this film is some of the reactions on social media where it feels like that. There's just need of like, oh well, this is really a film for women, but like, no, 
No, we because need, the, we need we need to claim this film for uh, yeah. For, that has like yeah. really bothered me. I'm like, you know, you know what? Wonder Woman is for, if you, if you if this is how you feel about Wonder Woman, then you completely missed the whole point of Wonder Woman. Um, if you're saying that you know, oh, like we're claiming it as ours, it's like no, you know what? Just because some men critics or whatever are you know d bags are just saying, oh, there should not be a only female screening or whatever, and so on for Wonder Woman. It's like. That doesn't mean that all men are bad in that way. So, like, you know, we, yeah, I see one as something for everyone. I think yeah. Melissa Benoit said it the best when she was on Stephen Colbert's show, when, she, when he asked her about, about, is there something very feminist about Supergirl? And, and he, she said, yeah, and I think what's so feminist about it is that it's for everyone. And I think that statement <laughs> applies for yeah. everything. So... Um, there's a couple of comments here, uh, which is actually um, uh, echoed when I... Because my brother went to see uh, the film yesterday. Uh, with my mum, and both of them thoroughly enjoyed it, but uh, certainly my brother turned around and felt that the film was a little CGI heavy in places. Um, Sarita P, uh, DC CGI generally is bad, and it's a little bit too heavily involved uh, in places. Um, What else? Uh, Um, Andrew English agrees with the CGI. Uh, The Mac Phantom, uh, the action scenes didn't actually do much for me. I felt the CGI in all the DC movies is so obvious it takes me out of the film. Um, I think a number of people have said that about the end fight as well, that it's a little bit too much uh, in terms of just uh, the, the CGI. We're not going to deal spoilers. We're not going to say, but we'll, I think we're talking across generally yeah. across the board. I mean, there's always a final fight in every movie, you guys. That's not a spoiler. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a, at least there's one thing about this film. There's not a big glowing circle of something uh, <laughs> up above destroying everything. Um, which, <laughs> oh, that was nice. That was a novel touch. It is the lightest DC movie we've, I think we've ever seen. Uh, or is has there been any uh, other movies I, that have? I, I don't mean, certainly. Hold on. And certainly, uh, you know, in the, the Batman DC realm, we haven't quite seen that, the likeness. I mean, I personally feel Man of Steel wasn't as dark of a film as everyone claims it to be. I think that, <laughs> yes, the wor- Superman wasn't dark. Superman was never dark in that film. I think the world around him was dark. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I love Richard Donner. I love Christopher Reeve. I love those movies, Sim. Yeah. But oh, well, that yeah. world feels dumbed down. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It does. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel anything like a true representative of our world. It feels very gullible and naive, and I feel like with mm-hmm. Man of Steel, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. God forbid, there's a little bit of darkness there, but, but it's not the character that's dark, it's the world right. around them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we actually, actually, we actually see um, humor in this movie, yeah. unlike in many DC movies, you know, previous DC movies, and I think that that's, that was one of the things that Leonard and I had commented on that we really missed from um, the recent, more recent movies. Yeah, ahead, uh, I know that uh, we started off by asking Ali her pros for the film. Um, what would you say were your cons that you took away from uh, the film, or have we pretty much covered them? Or was there anything else that you, you uh, took away? Well, I, you mentioned the CGI, which I was exactly with you on that. The boss fight at the end that you already know is going to happen. That was a little too blurred out for me. But there was another kind of bothered me, but it it, it got better. Uh, in the first act when uh, Steve Trevor meets Princess Diana, he kind of uses a modern-day uh, descriptor when he meets her. 
And that really took me out of the 1914 World War One feel. And um, he he basically says, you know, you're hot. <laughs> you know, and so I was looking at James T. Kirk for about 20 minutes. <laughs> because that, that's who it that's who it looked like and how he was acting. But by the second act, it, you know, it was fine. It was Steve Trevor, and but I couldn't help it. You're hot. So. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy him here? Did you enjoy Pine here more as Steve or more as Captain Kirk? Well, okay, I got to say Star Trek because I've seen him more in that role. I saw him last year at uh, Comic-Con outside at the the premiere they did with the, the symphony. Oh, no, what was and he like? Is he as hot as it, uh, in real person as he's on screen? I, I can't, he had a beard at one point, and then he didn't. Like, he'd shaved it off or something. I seen him earlier in the day or later. Oh, maybe he was on uh, – He. Be, I think I seen him on Conan, too. I was at the Conan thing, and then I went to the other thing, and he, he looked completely different in the span of, like, three hours. But both times, I thought he was great. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of Chris Pine. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm a, I'm a fan of Chris Pine, too. <laughs> um, a couple of comments that are coming in. Um, uh, Sarita P., you can talk about a dark world without being seen as dark on film. I can uh, I can certainly get that. Uh, we asked Andre White about what his... Uh, the the template of his films or the kind of things that he likes. Um, he's, he's said that his favorite Marvel movie is Winter Soldier followed by Logan. Uh, so I, I'm guessing there's definitely that sense of um, while there are heroes in the world, it's a case of against a backdrop, which is very realistic, which I, I suspect I take from take away from those two films. Um, Supercat Chick um, I really liked his character I didn't know he was in it and squealed when he came on screen I'm guessing uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Mr. Uh, James T. Kirk here um, who Graham Small turns around and says yes it's great to see him on the back of a motorcycle again uh, just like we've had in other Star Trek films so that's rather uh, yeah, a good point um, Kitty Gunn points out an actress who I was absolutely blown away by who I completely forgot was in this and she was, for me, one of the best characters in it. Robin White Wright. Oh my god, yes. Who was just so good in this film. So good. Um, excellent. Um, so there we go. Um, I think we'll go across the line and say, what would your score say out of 10 for the film? Um, we'll go with Ali. What would, what would you say out of 10 you gave the film? Uh, eight and a half. Okay. Out of 10. Um, Eight out of ten. Uh, Andy? Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Okay. Um, yeah, Alyssa? Um, uh, eight and a half or nine. Yeah, I love, I love the strong eight. female role. I love, I love Underworld. Fair enough. I'm giving a high uh, We've actually got, we're, we're going down <laughs> all the way down to, we're going all the way down to the metrics here. Andre White, I gave it a 7.5. Um, Andrew English, 7.8. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, and Baby Warrior, 8.5 as well. Yeah, I think everyone's kind of in that kind of a strong mm-hmm. 8, uh, 9 out of 10. It is definitely worthwhile seeing. Um, I think what I want to very quickly touch on now for a couple of minutes is about what it can now mean for the rest of the DC universe. Considering that, um, if uh, this isn't a spoiler as much, um, if you have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the new DC uh, opening title card. I love that so much. I did, I forgot it was going to be in there. When it happened, I grabbed both my friends. I'm like, on the shoulder, I'm like, oh! Oh! 
Peter Cena. And I'm like, it's just a part of me. I'm like, you don't understand. It's never been in a movie like that before. I'm done. Oh my word. <laughs> Must be Fair interesting enough. going to a movie with you. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a delight at the movies. Like people, like I mean, I should I should rent myself as someone to go to films with. But it really reminded me of the Marvel the Marvel title card. It was yeah. A, yeah. unique. It's cool. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Think, it was I cool, but it wasn't. Yeah, I think, think that yeah. struck me. Sorry, I think the the thing that struck me is very much like the transition of the new and old Marvel. Um, tra- uh, title cards. The old Marvel, Marvel title card had the comic flipping sound and it was very much harking back to the I original comics, right? At which point you've now got the new Marvel title card, which is all concept art and the movies representations of these characters. With the new DC title card, you no longer have the pixelated uh, element which flashes up before the DC logo. It is very much uh, showing the characters very much as they're going to be represented on screen. One thing that kind of uh, excites me about that is that they are committing to getting these characters on screen in whatever manner they have, including uh, Green Lantern, Cyborg, um, all the other DC characters, is seeing them in that, uh, that lineup. But it takes away from the comics heritage again. It skips that whole thing and just deals with what we've seen on screen. I think, I mean, I feel that, uh, I tried to, okay, so how much, are we, can, can, can we spoil what happens, like how the, the DC intro plays out there, or is that a spoiler? Sorry, well, spoiler, uh, which part, sorry? Uh, is it, wait, how, how far can I go into like describing the, the intro card, like is that, is that, you know? No, we can talk about the intro card. Okay, yeah, so like the first couple, you know, the first six shots are of the, uh, the Justice League members, you know, one by one by one, so I feel that was like, that was a comic side of it, and then when we see it on, when we get to the big shot of all of that, I think that is like a combination of, here's what they would look like in the DCU, here's some of the takes from the DC Comics universe, and so on. Fair enough. Um, I think it also uh, reflects as well what we could see at San Diego this year, because I think now that we've got this film, which has made such an impact, and has done so well at the box office, finally, DC has the muscle to really represent uh, Hall H this year, I think we could be seeing uh, could we, we be seeing Green Lantern Corps? Could we be seeing commitments for the well, I mean, was Cyborg cancelled? No, Cyborg is happening. Uh, yeah. It's still, you know, I, Ray Fisher was asked at a con recently. He said, you know, no, it's still like you know, it's still being you know worked on. So I mean, like, I feel we're gonna have more things on Cyborg rather than the Flash movies. So you know, but I'm. Hey, I, I will digress, I'm, but I'm just saying. But yeah, Cyber is still happening. Because I mean, what was it? I think it was last. No, not last year. It was the year before when they just set their stall out, and uh, this was before Suicide Squad came out. This was before uh, Batman vs Superman came out, and they set their stall out and said we are going to be getting all these solo films. Then last year, that kind of like faded away. They just, it was almost like there was this guarded moment. Okay. Let's see how Wonder Woman performs before we then start rolling it out again. I think this new title card just implies the reaffirmation of their commitment to their the rest of their DCU. Well, one thing I want to add, by the way, uh, is that people need to remember about that. What 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 they have started out with Wonder Woman is that 
Jeff Johns, you know, who is, you know, one of the most acclaimed writers of DC Comics, he's the president of DC Entertainment, he's now also one of the co-heads of DC Film, this was his first official head, you know, heading into the DC Film Universe, so on, because, you know, he, he I think he co-wrote the script, or he contributed to the story at least, and he's an executive producer now on this film, and all the other DC films are coming out, so I feel like, that, you know, he you can feel like his hands are in this, so I think that's why, like, we're going to if you weren't happy with BBS and Man of Steel or Suicide Squad um, and so on, but you love Wonder Woman, like, I, I think you should be prepared to have a very good time with DC because I think now that Jeff is helping them steer into the right direction that you know fa- that more fans and craze will be um, agreed on. That makes sense. That makes sense. I tell you, after Wonder Woman, I am very, I'm anticipating Aquaman in um, in December. Really with Jason Moma. Uh, I think that's, that has the potential. I mean, they've got it right before Christmas time and that really has the potential of being another very, very strong movie. Um, you know, it's, it's next year's December, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think she means Justice League. Um, actually, Justice I, League. I, I, I meant, I meant Aquaman. And I thought it was happening in, in the 17th. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, I'm, sorry, no. I'm sorry to break the news, but yeah, it sadly oh, happened. Sorry. I was, yeah. I want, I want Aquaman too for Christmas, like, yeah. you know. I mean, because the the Wonder Woman and doing a single character, this really just kind of starts the ball rolling. And it would be awfully sad if, since it is going to, it's so far out that we're not going to get another movie in eight eight or nine months, which is what should happen, in my opinion. But we're getting Justice League in November, aren't we? But that's yeah. yeah but that's that's, that's an a, ensemble piece. I think she's talking yeah. about a single female-led yeah. superhero movie. I mean, we're talking still some time away for Captain Marvel, and yeah, I think... Um, the Flash The Flash is, is next March. No, no. Not, anymore, not anymore. I think Flash... Oh. Not, there's no way Flash will happen next year because they haven't even started filming yet. Yeah. But, we, but the good thing is we do have female movies from DC being in the Valley. You know, we have Gotham City Sirens, and we have Batgirl, and I'm... I'm sure there are more that are developing, but they haven't announced yet. Every um, more than... No. What? Supergirl. I don't know if Supergirl is getting a movie, but like you know, we had a TV show that is doing excellent. Uh, but you know, you know, not to you know, not to be Marvel, or whatever, and so but just you know, say you know, hey, at least DC has more female part in development than Marvel does. So. Yeah. So at San Diego, it's it probably if they haven't started shooting the Flash, then they probably won't be bringing anything from that. Um, yeah, it's curious to see what they could bring out on. Uh, yeah. Uh, Will it all just be super, uh, Justice League again? I think yeah. with Justice League and Aquaman and maybe a slew of announcements, uh, like, you know, they will, like, Jeff Johns will maybe show up on stage and be like, here's what's happening, they'll show us some logos and concept art, but yeah, I definitely think Aquaman will be there. Uh, like, at least, like, as, like, you guys remember the first Suicide Squad panel they did? Like, you know, not the one that was, um, last year, but the one yeah. that was the year before that. Maybe something small will Aquaman like, giving us a teaser, because they, they've been filming. They, they, you know, and I, I I think DC would be foolish to not bring Aquaman there for at least a little bit. Yeah, I'm just desperately hoping that Jeff Johns will come out and go, so I would just like to now announce uh, a bit of casting that we're going to be, uh, <laughs> would like to bring out. I would like to bring out the five people who will be the Green Lantern Corpse, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And then they bring if out. That happened, the, if that happened, I, I would die. I would. I would just be like, oh. Wait, that would just want, be. You want, you want five Green Lanterns in the 
I mean, we have well, Hal. He's got oh. a it's a core. It's I love more than two. I, I mean, as long as Guy Gardner isn't there, I'm good. Oh no! I love Guy Gardner. <laughs> I love Guy Gardner so much. It's been nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> Can we I, I'm, I'm such a massive fan. I'm a massive fan of the uh, mid '90s JLI. I I love JLI. I love JLA. Oh, okay. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, fine. As long as we just get Batman <laughs> smacking Guy Gardner once. Bam. I think that Batman. I I feel Batman could totally be there um, somehow. I mean, I'm I'm sure Ben Affleck will be at Comic Con. I would love to see him. That would yeah. be great. That would be great. He was, only, he was the only one I didn't get. I didn't get to see like when I was I, not last year, but the year before that. I Henry Cavill and Gallo they walked past me one by one, and I kept waiting. Ben, Ben, Affleck, 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 and he never came. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go down the line of the Q and A comments because uh, I know we've got people who are talking. Thank you very much indeed. Jumping in, uh, the Mac Phantom. I have a feeling that uh, James Wan is going to kill Aquaman. No, you, you can't kill Jason Momoa. What are you on about? Um, what else? Uh, Scott C, only reason to sleep out if you want to be closer to the stage. A couple of people are talking about uh, the best ways to uh, negotiate Hall H at this point. Um, yeah, it's. I think there's people talking about shifts. That's probably a, a good one. Um, we've got ourselves uh, Corgi Commander. We need Martian Manhunter. That would be nice. That would be nice. If anything, that would be a, a nice little thing at the end. Well, actually, no, I mean... We, it's Unite the Seven, isn't it? Have we actually had the Seven yet? Um, Andy, you're going to have to help me out. So, oh, Superman. I'm looking at it. Ah, okay, so we have uh, Superman, Superman, Batman, Batman Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman Cyborg, 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 Flash. <laughs> one more. One more. So it could be, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Um, we've got ourselves um, da, 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 the Mac Phantom going way into DC lore here still hoping we get an R-rated Sandman movie I know they're working on Sandman they're working on Sandman movie, aren't they? I think they're going to I think they're, aren't they doing a TV series isn't um, they're doing something with Sandman what's his face um, what's his the name? guy who's done um, Preacher uh, Comedian uh, <laughs> What's his name? Oh, you mean uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Oh no, is he involved with that too? Oh lord. <laughs> hey, listen, don't, don't not preach a preacher rock. No, 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 preacher, not preacher, but I'm just like, I'm so over Seth Rogen. <laughs> I'm happy, bro. Fair enough. Uh, da, 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 I think, uh, Sarita P, I think Nightwing is in the plans. Yep. Ooh, that'd be nice, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, and, oh, um, Oh, the Mac Phantom. No, um, James Wan is going to kill Aquaman, as in do a great job with it. Ah, that, ah, that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, Andrew English, the seventh uh, member, is either the Lantern or Martian. I think it should be Black Canary. I, sh I think it should be Black Canary as well. I yeah. think it's the Martian. I was about to say that. I the Martian. There needs to be some more girls in the Justice League, so... Black Canary... Yep. Actually, no, no. Sorry, I've changed my mind. Screw you. I want you. Zatanna in there. No, I want Zatanna in there. Yeah. Black yeah. Canary before Zatanna. I'm look, I love, I love Zatanna, but I love Black Canary. Dude, right. And if they want to add Katie oh, Tanner to Black Canary in the universe, that's fine. God. Basque and tights, man. 
Anyway, right. Okay. <laughs> face mask. I'm the gutter. I'm the gutter. <laughs> okay, I'll try. I'll try. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so that's um, our chats about DC as well. Uh, continue the uh, chat as well. I mean, Andrew English is jumping on the end. Hawk girl. Could be a good idea on that one. That'd be nice. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, what we're going to talk about now is um, the badge box uh, reveal that got announced from uh, Comic-Con because people have started to receive those. And indeed, at the beginning of the week, people suddenly realize they're not just going to get them in a crummy brown envelope this year. They're actually getting something rather special in terms of uh, the uh, badge box. Um, now, if you did, do get the chance, there is a unboxing of the badge box, uh, which the unofficial blog uh, have done this week. So do check out that video. But we do have a couple of uh, images that we can share. Because the one thing that kind of struck me about the, uh, the badge box this time around is just how much information is actually involved uh, in the actual booklet, which is very impressive. Let's go through it page by page just quickly. Uh, this is the booklet that uh, you get through. First of all, uh, just to say you do get yourself a uh, laminated pin, which uh, considering it is dated, it looks like that we're going to be getting a whole bunch of those throughout the course of the year. But this is the opening page. We're excited you'll all be joining us over the summer. Uh, this year we've instituted something new, inaugural badge box, which includes a uh, commemorative pin and is a way to say thank you for your continued support. Okay, so let's go through. Uh, it talks about the RFID, uh, certainly talking about how the actual uh, the markings of the badge uh, uh, play out, which we kind of knew from last year. Uh, one or two people rather disappointed that we're getting Walking Dead again this year. Could have done with possibly possibly another franchise represented. Uh, talking about how you're uh, tapping in and out and that kind of thing. And it was also this booklet that we got to see the covers for the souvenir book, which I think is absolutely Can you zoom in stunning. a little bit? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If I can just uh, bring it in a bit. Oh, too far. Too far, Leonard. Okay, this is the uh, the booklet as um, drawn by Bruce Tim, of all people. And it's uh, the um, uh, Jack Kirby uh, celebration oh, that's nice. Of the which is just really, really tidy. It's just a really nice um, book. So that's rather cool. Talking about the other uh, events that you can get, but uh, there's the pin that we, we're going to be getting this year. Um, but this is the one that I was most interested in. Let's just uh, move through this. Uh, it does actually talk about... When I get to it, here we are. Two things. The off-site events which uh, it does describe, including the fact that we're going to get something at the Omni, a VR lounge, uh, and including a screening theatre as well, uh, which is uh, going to be uh, represented. Let's see if I can zoom in a little now, bit. Further. I, I went to a VR lounge to share it South by Southwest, and I mm -hmm. think anyone going to Comic-Con needs to pop in there because those VR uh, presentations they have are unbelievable. Can you yeah. zoom in a little bit on the Mark, uh, Mar Mar Marina guide? Since um, that's what I'm going to be saying. Uh, the, the Marina? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're getting your merch store as usual, the Comic Creator Connection, the Nintendo Lounge, uh, Gaming, Esports Lounge, Pinball Lounge, uh, the Films, Fan Culture Room, Playback Room, Hospitality Suite, and Volunteer Registration. Your usual stuff and nonsense that you get at your Marriott Marquis and Marina. The one thing that is missing from these off-site events is the Xbox Lounge, uh, which isn't uh, mentioned at all, which uh, 
uh, we would usually get at the Manchester Grand Hyatt. Uh, the Manchester Grand Hyatt this year is only going to be featuring the Blood Drive, uh, her universe fashion show, the programming premiums, and the art show. So, yep, no Xbox Lounge this year, unfortunately. Oh, never mind. Uh, but this was the other thing as well, which I don't think enough people are talking about. I don't think you'll be able to see too much, but it, we actually have a shuttle map. Uh, we have, um, uh, we usually wait a little while for this, uh, which uh, allow people to uh, get an idea of uh, where and when to get their uh, uh, shuttles. But no, we have a shuttle map inside of the guide, uh, including the routes as well. So uh, I, I'm trying to do get my best to get a slightly blown up um, a scan of this, so at least then we can uh, get that out to people. The shuttle map for this year. So there we go. Right. Um, Excellent stuff. It, it is. It's, it's a very. It's a cool way for um, people to um, get more invested in the ramp up to uh, San Diego Comic Con to have their own little loot crate for Comic Con, which I think is rather rather cute. So there we go. Um, right. Apparently, um, those the one thing that I have tried to find out from CCI is whether the um, box is actually going to be available for uh, international attendees and those people who are collecting their badges on on site. Um, we've still yet to find out, um, but um, yeah, I think otherwise we could just be getting the pin, perhaps. I think a pin. Who knows? I think a pin is something they could easily supply in the in the Comic Con bags. Um, yeah. Which I'm excited to look for. I, I always love seeing the Comic Con uh, uh, bags um, for one of others. Uh, I don't know if you can see in the background, but like, if you look behind me, th- those are my three first Comic Con bags from 2012. <laughs> so Oliver Queen is always. Do you fight over the bag you want? Sorry. Or do you fight over the bag you want when you? Oh, you know the, oh, your God, that, that year was hilarious because uh, on Sunday they were giving out all their other bags. Uh, so I was able to pretty much get any bag I wanted. I, but in, within five minutes, I was carrying around 35 bags in my hand. Jeez. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was 35. I, yeah, it was, oh, it was, oh, I missed 2012 because every Sunday since then, I've gone up there and they're like, you know, like, are you, hey, are you, uh, are you giving me some, <laughs> some bags? <laughs> they're like, no, we don't have it. Uh, we don't have it. Fair uh, enough. Um, okay, um, the other thing that I want to talk about quickly is about the announcements this week for um, um, exclusives. We've had a couple, not many. Um, the big announcement, by the way, and it completely slipped my mind to talk about it last week. Uh, we did find out uh, prior to last Sunday's show that in actual fact we're going to be getting uh, the Funko uh, exclusive announcements. The first wave of Funko goes out tomorrow. Uh, so do keep your eyes open uh, on your social media because we're going to get the first five or six figures. Um, some people have been talking about the timing that it's a, a bit early. But in actual fact, it sits nicely into the timing as we got last year. So uh, no, we're going to be uh, we're we're on schedule. Uh, now, did, I, did I tell you that uh, since uh, my last time on the show, I actually finally swiped my Funko virginity card? <laughs> did you now? Yeah. Go on. Then. What, what did what did you get? Two sets of black bolts. <laughs> thing for that character. I'm sorry. Have you seen Have you seen Anton Mond from the new TV show? He's hot. <laughs> ah, excellent. Can I call this on him? Just saying. Just saying. Fair enough. Okay, uh, let's quickly go through a couple of the uh, the the um, exclusives then, as announced this week. Um, we 
Uh, let's see if I'm just zooming a little bit so I can uh, just go. So this is on the exclusives directory that I've got on uh, EnglishmanInSanDiego.com. CineQuest have got themselves a Supernatural Road Trip to San Diego shirt that's available, although that's a non-exclusive exclusive. In actual fact, they're saving a couple of uh, um, shirts back for people who are not attending this year, but you can get it mailed out to you when the con- convention's happening, which is particularly bizarre. Um, but the two that um, absolutely grabbed me uh, that got announced this week, we did get the second um, uh, figure from NECA that has been announced, which is an Aliens Sewer Mutation Warrior, uh, an alien figure, priced out at $30. Um, we haven't yet an idea in terms of scale, but the actual sculpt on this thing is absolutely gorgeous. It it's looks so creepy. <laughs> I know. Very, very impressive indeed. And, uh, yeah, sorry for uh, scaring any of the more sensitive viewers. But there you go. That's a, a very, very impressive alien sculpt. Uh, like I say, you're looking at $30. You, uh, we've no idea yet about how many you can get hold of or where the booth is going to be for Naked, but we are going to keep our eyes open on that. But the thing that a lot of people have been interested in, which I posted today, this is from Monogram Entertainment, who I'm not too familiar with. Uh, I'm not too, I'm not sure, sure about their uh, work in the past. But this is a booth, 3645, they're $25 of Marvel pins, uh, lapel pins. They've been doing very, very nice. They've been doing pins for the past couple of years. I've gotten a couple, a couple of other ones. Um, I think they may, they may have had something in a keychain format of that, those, um, those, that pin set, uh, last year. But, yeah, um, they, you're right. yeah, in general, they do do a nice pin. <laughs> you said do do. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, moving on. I think it looks very, very pretty. Uh, this is going to yeah. also feature a debut of the Black Panther pin, which is rather nice, and that Sony, uh, sorry, that Marvel logo pin as well, which is exclusive mm-hmm. to the set. Like I say, $25. I don't think that's too shabby at all. I think that's very nice uh, indeed. Do you know something for the so there you go, those are the exclusives. They announced something. Sorry? They announced something related to the Flash, right? Like there was some bag badges being given away from the Flash, like Star Labs. I haven't seen. I haven't yes. seen those yet. Yes. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yes, it's the. Uh, we, yeah, we talked about them on a previous show. It's um. Yes, it's uh. ID, uh Star Labs ID. I gotta. Uh, get, I gotta get them so hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I could I could show you there on the uh, exclusives directory on an Englishman in San Diego dot com. I shall uh, click, uh, click on it then. <laughs> Do you have any more exclusives? Budget for the moment, like I say, everyone's kind of gearing themselves up for more uh, Hasbro exclusives. Uh, some more bits and pieces, obviously from Factory, who are going to um, continue. They're going to blast out a bunch. Uh, we're also waiting on uh, Entertainment Earth, who no doubt will be bringing their fair share of uh, exclusives, but of course, everyone's more excited about tomorrow, first wave of Funko, so um, I've, got the, I've got the master list ready to go, I've got, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that little <laughs> lot. That's, that's I just want these TV Funkos, I mean, give me a new Flash Funko with the freaking white and gold logo, and give me a Black Siren Funko. <laughs> 
I do I want to. Get a lot. I think we're going to get Inhumans. I think we're going to get loads of Inhumans. I'm I'm almost worried that we mean not because because the show is so far off. I mean, like until the fall. So I don't want they because they didn't reveal anything with the what the they they didn't reveal like fungos for the Netflix shows before they came out. So I'm almost worried if we're not get, if that we may not get any fungos for Inhumans. But if I mean, look, if they do, I mean, I'm going to buy Black Bolt. I'm just saying. I did, if we're done with exclusives, I did want to just mention a couple of things to people. Um, if, if we've got the time, uh, if you are still looking for a hotel room this morning, we've had, uh, people say that Renaissance in San Diego downtown is available as is the Hampt, uh, uh, space at the Hampton Inn. And addition, in addition to that, um, the Wyndham Bayside is available. So those are, are while they're not mission, you know, they're not downtown, the five, the top five hotels, they are downtown and not in Mission Valley. So I wanted just to give everybody a heads up that they are, that hotels do pop up if you're interested. And the, the other thing, yes, I am sounding kind of parental with this. SDCC fit. Add some strength training. Add yeah. some strength training to this. I'm gonna. Add I'm, gonna start, I'm gonna start this. Not a teasing. It's finally over. Uh, Leonard, you look fine. Stop. Stop. <laughs> uh, I. Uh, I. I'm definitely gonna start getting on that a little bit. You know, trying to get. Yeah. yeah. Just. Just go for a walk. You know, go for a walk. Try to. Try to push it a little bit oh, in oh, terms oh, of the oh, speed oh. or the bike. Oh, here's Coach Leonard. Melissa, what do you do? Fred. <laughs> Lenny, you look fine. Get back. I I I, I do what I'm told. <laughs> yeah. But if you add a little bit of strength training to it, you you bunt, you bounce up your metabolic rate and you lose weight faster. So and you feel Sounds stronger. Like so like get out for a walk today if if yeah. people um, can follow SDCC Fit. Not only the hashtag but also the account on Twitter as well. Absolutely. You um, will notice right. it. If you start today. You will notice it by San Diego. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, right, um, we're going to talk about the week in TV as usual, but I want to now go to Ali because she wants to talk about a show that she's uh, seen. I'd like you to tell me about this thing, considering that I've never heard of it. I don't know what channel it's going to be on or whether we're going to get it in the UK. But just from what you were saying before we came on air, I'm intrigued as hell. What's this thing that you've seen? Well, um uh... I live in Austin and they test run a lot of things out of the Alamo Draft House, which is, this is their headquarters. And this really weird screening came up for the public, not the press, for a sci-fi show that's coming out soon called Blood Drive. And it's being toted as the most violent ever air on a cable network. And I've seen it, and let me tell you, it's a grindhouse TV-style show that's going to be on a sci-fi channel. It's crazy. They're going to they are going to feature some kind of crazy grindhouse theme. The one episode I saw featured um, cannibals. <laughs> so think of that. Remember that movie where they race across the country? In cars, uh, I forget the name, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, these cars don't run on gasoline. They run on blood. Oh, Lord. And they, when they open the, they open the hoods of the cars, they're like eating machines and they throw bodies 
into the hoods of the cars and the cars grind it up and then the car has energy again. And there's some other crazy things that go on. But I gotta tell you about a character that's on, on the show. And he is the guy who was on that USA alien show with Noah Weil. What was that called, you guys? Falling Skies. Okay, he plays a character on this TV show where he wears a top hat. He's like a ringmaster of the race. And he talks with the most incredible deep voice. I'm trying to find the sound bites so I could show how crazy different and he looks and acts. He's a totally different person. And I can't wait for people to see the show, despite it being so gory and nuts. It's called uh, Blood Drive, and it's going to be on Sci-Fi. And I think it's coming out in a month. So look it's, for it. But it's not for everybody. It's on. It's airing on the Sci-Fi Channel on June fourteenth. Um, well, and well, I, we're less than a week away. Yeah, we'll. Yeah. I'll be talking about it ne- in in next week's next week in TV um, <laughs> show. But I've seen adverts for it, and yes, it it absolutely looks. Um, so it looks somewhat campy. Was was that your impression of the first of the first one, or was it a little bit more just horror gory? Full blown, full full yeah. blown go. Well, well it does go there with the camp, but not not like the old school Batman and Robin Pow <laughs> kind of camp. It's yeah. got hardcore sex camp. Okay. It's got masochism. It's got cannibalism. Okay, I don't know what kind of camps you went to <laughs> as, a, as a kid. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. I don't. It's even on TV. Yeah, adult entertainment. And it, it's on the, it is on the sci-fi channel. It is on at 10 p.m. on the East Coast. So it, it's a late night, definitely. It sounds very adult kind of thing. I, I am quite liking a couple of the comments that are coming in on the Q&A. Um, is this kind of like some messed up Hanna-Barbera wacky races? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> You gotta go back to that Robert Rodriguez Grindhouse movie that he was taking from seventies movies. It's it's a it's like that, but cool. more. So, well, Super Catchick says it sounds a little bit like Death Race, in which case it's right in her wheelhouse. I yeah, I was I was a fan of that as well. I was a big fan of Cars Who Ate Paris, that kind of vibe. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. Um, the only show on sci-fi I'm going to be paying attention to this coming season is Krypton. Not dark matter or kill choice or or, or I, love, I love Aaron Ashford, but I'm just watching so much TV. I have to be very selective. Okay, because it, it's I, this, that's why I don't watch anything apart from The Simpsons. God, it just makes life so much easier. Are you effing kidding me? You're still watching The Simpsons? Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those few people okay. that's allowing it to okay. continue going. Okay, okay, you, you do you go, you do you. Okay, <laughs> next, next week, next week in television, we start off with the summer TV series. Um, it's it's a great week to to like the sci-fi stuff. We start off tonight with Fear of the Walking Dead, followed by Talking Dead. Um, then we I get. Say, I was going to ask. I was going to say is uh, is Hardwick back? Yep, he is, and I, for I believe he's doing Talking Dead after all of the shows, um, at least through Fear. I got the impression that they were going to expand Talking Dead, um, talking the talking series um, to to go into more of the shows 
that AMC does. Um, we also get on the Sci-Fi Channel, I think next Friday or Saturday night, uh, Dark Matter and Winona Earp are coming back um, for their second, uh, third and second season, respectively. So now's the time to binge Winona Earp if you haven't so far, because yes, that's what I'm going to be doing this week is binging Winona Earp because um, a few people have said so many good things about it. I think it's one of those shows that I'm missing. Um, Orange is the New Black is coming back if you're into more mainstream stuff on Netflix. And Orphan Black, the fifth season is starting up. Okay. So that that you got you got to check a lot of things on your DVR uh this week to make sure they're recording. Um Can I plug a show by the way? What was the show? Oh god, go. On. Uh, there's also the 2-hour season finale of uh Gotham on Fox. And then, yeah, and then there's that too. So it's it's huge. It's a huge week in television. We start off with the summer season. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of adverts for Blood Drive <laughs> during um, the during the Dark Matter and Winona Earp uh, <laughs> on Friday. So you'll you'll get to see a little get a little taste of the preview of it. Uh, perhaps there'll be more PG rated. <laughs> It sounds like R-rated, where, that we will get in the real show. So that's uh, that's where to go. Um, Preacher, uh, let's see. Uh, I think Preacher Preacher is happening later on. Uh, this is just next week in television. Yeah. I think we're gonna get Preacher. We get Face Off. I mean, I could go through. I'm, I'm gonna pu- be putting in. Uh, 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 a summer list of shows that are happening. Um, but Preacher isn't coming back until the end of June. Yeah. So I, we are going to be putting out um, a preview for some of the highlights of the summer season. Uh, it, hopefully this next week. I work in conjunction with um, Kevin, Doctor Who 42, on these and try and get them in some sort of a format that's just not a list of statistics, which is what I would end up putting out, and people will get bored and not read it. So, yeah. Kevin, here I, I ask because I know that a lot of people were passionate about this, this show, which I completely miss. What was the show that was cancelled this week? There was, uh, a, there was a, Sense oh, Eight. Sense Eight. Sense Eight. Yes, yes. The JMS Jim uh, Michael Straczynski show. I yeah, mispronounced the name. Sorry. I mean, isn't J. Michael Strahansky? Yes. Yes. Yeah. JMS. He's great. I, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think it's going to be. <laughs> um, yeah. so there's, a bit, there's a bit of chat going on in the background. Don't worry. Um, no, so uh, just to uh, quickly go through, uh, Preacher has been, uh, we've got people are checking on the, uh, the chat room. That's coming back on June 25th. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. Phantom saying June 19th. So around that kind of uh, ballpark. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Um, and also we had somebody asking about Mr. Robot and whether that's coming back. Yeah, the series has been renewed for a 10 episode third season to set premiering in October 2017. It's very possible that that will be represented at Comic-Con this year. All of the shows that we've been talking about, I can imagine will be getting a pro, um, a presence at uh, Comic-Con. Possibly even class as well. The writer of the first season uh, was it the first two seasons, sorry, of uh, Class, uh, did announce today on Twitter that he will not be returning for a third, purely because of the way that the BBC are treating the show 
here in the UK. They still haven't committed to a uh, next season, and it's going to be looking like if it even happens, it's going to be 2019 by the time it even comes out. Oh, the way that they're God. treating, the way that they're treating. Uh, but I, I know that BBC America and uh, the American audience absolutely loves class. Uh, Alyssa was asking me about the show last week. At the end of the day, it just hasn't stuck the landing here in the UK. So at the end of the day, this is where it's filmed. And whether that American audience is enough for it to return is going to be interesting. We'll be, I'm going to be paying very close attention to the social media for class they, this year. They do something like what they did with Torture in season four when stars like co-produced that fourth season. Yeah, I think it's very possible, like um, uh, Torchwood as well, when um, they did an, a co-American production. Like, that may be the only way that it's. Yeah, I don't work. know like how the rights thing work. It's like if it's if uh, BBC America would have to buy the rights from from BBC in the UK, or if it's like you know, like if they would have to get it. I just want Torchwood back, you guys. I'm so like, I, I got so pissed at BBC America like oh, we're doing a marathon Torchwood. I'm like, just give me freaking season five. <laughs> like, just give me season five. Give me closure. Give me John Berman in that freaking coat of him again. I I don't want John Berman on any television show at all. I just want him to appear on stage every week and someone just to film it. That's all. We, <laughs> that's all we need. You don't like Captain Jack Harkness? I love I love Captain Jack. I love everything. I love everything he's done. But I want him on stage just talking nonsense for an hour. That's what we love about <laughs> John Berman. You can do both. <laughs> I need my closure. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So I think that's pretty much all of us for this week. Um, thank you very much indeed for watching and for joining us. Uh, next week we're going to be joined by uh, Mr. Mark Serby. He's going to be coming along, and hopefully we're going to have a special guest to talk about the Eisners as well, which uh, should be uh, good. Fingers crossed about that. So let's go down the line and say thank you very much indeed to my guest, to Ali. Uh, Hanley, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, I am a writer for Geekscape. I cover film and certain television shows like American Gods. And you can always catch me on Twitter at Hall H. Hooker. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. As always, it's been a pleasure to have Andy joining us as well. Thank you so much, Andy. Where can people find... Okay, take a deep breath now. Where can people find you and your work online? Uh, people can find me on my public Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Andy Babak. Babak is spelled B-H-B-A-K-H-T. And I am a senior writer for Herbert Hollywood. I host the Flash podcast and the newly announced Titans podcast. It's going to be dedicated to the new Teen Titans show, Teen Titans show on the DC streaming service. Whatever the name shall be, uh, I'm the editor chief of the Marvel Report. <laughs> they haven't given a name. Is it's all that like DC's untitled streaming service? I'm like, just give it a name. Uh, I'm an editor chief of the Marvel Report, and I also oversee the whole DC TV Podcast Network at dcpodcast.com. Uh, if I may, just quickly plug this little event that we're doing very soon. It's for charity, so hopefully it's okay. But on sa Saturday, June seventeenth. Me right, thank you very much indeed, Andy. It's been a pleasure I, having you I, on. Thank you. I'm a, yeah. Hey, I'm a media mogul. I have to talk. That <laughs> you put a title <laughs> on me now. Um, no, but uh, on Saturday, June seventeenth, uh, me, the Flash Podcast, and several of the shows on the DCT Podcast Networks with Core Podcast, Supergo Radio, Little Tomorrow Podcast, DC Films Podcast, Eyes on Maria, many more. We're going to be teaming up with the World Wildlife Fund Organization for charity, our third charity event, where we're going to be doing a podcast marathon for about. 
eight to ten hours, depending on how much we do uh, to raise money for this great cause. So we're going to have more information actually this coming week. So people can say, just keep an eye on DCPockets.com and at DCPockets on Twitter. I would really appreciate that because it's, uh, it's a good cause. Excellent stuff. Bravo to you, sir. Thank you, uh, and and breathe. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't breathe through that whole thing. And last but not least, Alyssa, where can people find you and your work online? My Twitter account is at Friends of CCI, and people can find me on my website, friendsofcc.com. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. My name has been Lennon Sultana, and uh, that's been Talking Comic Con, a, talking, uh, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. You can find me online at Englishman STCC. <laughs> Uh, you can uh, find me on Facebook, Twitter, all the usual stuff and nonsense. But you can also find me on YouTube. And uh, it may be worthwhile um, doing a subscription to uh, the YouTube channel, uh, especially considering that next weekend, uh, on the Saturday, I'm going to be at the ICE International Comics Expo in Brighton, which uh, is going to take a long drive down, but it's going to be a real fun day, uh, Real uh, some really great content and some fantastic creators. And I'm also going to be moderating uh, a Q&A panel. Um, we've got um, uh, Alessandro Vitti, who's uh, a Marvel artist. He's done uh, Iceman. Uh, he's just uh, the Iceman issue one for the new run starts this week. He's the uh, core artist for that. Um, he's coming over to the UK for a rather rare visit. And I'm going to be moderating the Q&A panel and live streaming it. Uh, so uh, it's going to go up on YouTube. Uh, so uh, we're going to have the cameras set up. We're going to be basically do streaming the Q&A panel live. Uh, so if you want to uh, join in, uh, that's um, Alessandro Vitti. Go check out his work this week as well. But we'll be basically doing a Q&A panel where we go back to all of his roots about his influences, uh, his process. And I think it's going to be a real fun Q&A panel. That's at Ice Brighton next week. And, of course, we're back next Sunday. We've got Mark Serb joining us and a special guest who we can announce throughout the course of the week. Thank you very much, indeed for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Do take care, and we'll see you next and you could support. And you could support oh. us. Uh, if, if you feel like throwing a few shekels our way, by all means, you can go to... <laughs> go to patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. What uh, shekels! Would... <laughs> just, just, just throw some pennies our way. It sounds so dirty. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a currency, sir. It's a currency. Englishman, uh, sorry, patreon.com, Englishman SDCC. Take care, everybody, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>